I want to talk to those of you who are ready to give up. Maybe at one time you had a goal, a dream, maybe a vision, and maybe you even started it with great anticipation, but then you hit some resistance and you stalled. And maybe you've had very little or no progress since, and frustration has set in and you're discouraged and you just feel like giving up, throwing in the towel. I don't know about you, but it it might be that there was a relationship that you tried to restore, but when you reached out, To bring healing, just nothing happened. It wasn't reciprocated. And perhaps it's worse today than it was before. Or maybe there are those of you who are, you're really fighting to save your marriage and you're doing everything you can, but you just feel like you're running out of fight. There are certainly some of you that are waiting on miracles. You're, you're, you've been waiting and praying for, for friends to come back to Jesus, for kids to come back to Jesus. You've been praying for healing. You've been praying for financial provision. You've been asking God to help you overcome an addiction, and you've tried and you've prayed and you've believed, but you haven't seen the results, and now you're discouraged and you're losing hope. So I want to talk to you today to those who feel like giving up. So today, the, t- the title of today's message is When You Want to Give Up. So Father... We are so thankful for your goodness, your presence, your word, and your people. And we pray that as we meet today as your people, we we would meet you, that we would worship you, and we'd be transformed by your living and active word so that we could finish what you call us to start. God, give us the courage not to give up. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. So today we're concluding our message series that's called Predecide. And for the last several weeks, we've been talking about the importance of our decisions because as I keep saying, that the quality of our decisions determines the quality of our lives. But the problem is most of us struggle to be good decision makers. And that's why instead of waiting for a future moment to decide, we're seeking the wisdom of God now and we're pre-deciding and we're making certain decisions ahead of time. So the, the phrase that we've been using is when faced with blank, you insert a scenario, a situation, then I've predecided to take a certain course of action. When faced with this, I've predecided to do that. Or perhaps you might even be predeciding not to even allow yourself to get in that situation. This past Monday, a friend of mine reached out to me and I hadn't seen him since we had been on a three-week mission trip to Africa together, and the plane landed in April 2006, and we just got off the plane and never spoke again. And he reached uh, out to me out of the blue, and I'm like, is this a spam email? But he knew way too many details, and then he had a picture of us together. And I'm like, okay, this is legit. So him and I met up for Starbucks this past week, and It's just so interesting because he was just telling me all about these decisions that he's made from 2006 on that set his life on a certain trajectory. And he said, but now I feel God calling me back and I want to make things right, but I've made all these other decisions and now I'm trying to figure out how to live with certain decisions, but while living for Christ. And I just thought, man, like what... What a great encouragement it was to me to to reconnect with him, to hear how he's doing, and to just remember 
why this series is so vital and so important. Because our decisions matter. So if we're asked to go out partying with our friends, well, maybe we've pre-decided that, you know what, I'm not even going to go and try and resist it. I'm just going to avoid it, and I'm going to watch Netflix with my wife. But we have six specific decisions that we're making to determine that who we're going to be as followers of Jesus. And if you've been with us uh, for any length of this series, you must know that we start with ready. I am ready. I am consistent. I am devoted. I am generous. I am faithful. And I am a finisher. So since it's our last time, I'm going to have you guys say it with me. I am ready. I am consistent. I am devoted. I am generous. I am faithful. And I am a finisher. This is who we are as children of God. We can predecide this because he is the great I am and he empowers us to live this way. So we're not waiting till we get into the middle of the moment. We're determining ahead of time who we want to be. No matter what, we're ready, we're consistent, we're devoted, we're generous, we're faithful, and we're finishers. But one thing I know about the desire to finish is that it's really easy to start something new, but it's not easy to finish. And this idea is way more important than most people understand because what do you think separates average people from amazing people? What do you think separates those who, who are just living these really fulfilled lives and those who are often empty and struggling? What do you think is the difference between those who struggle and those who succeed? Well, let me first tell you what it's not. It's not their intelligence. It's not their appearance. It's not their talent or education. It's not who or what they know. The difference is perseverance. It's perseverance. It's their willingness to stick to it, their grit to finish. It's their drive to persevere. It's their refusal to quit. And in fact, Angela Duckworth did some groundbreaking research, and she studied why really successful people succeed. And she looked at business leaders, military leaders, uh, teachers in difficult situations, fifth graders who could spell the world's most challenging words. And she asked, what are the qualities that separate these successful people from other people? And the number one top quality that she identified is what she calls grit. And she defines grit as the strength of character that refuses to quit. So the difference isn't what you know. It's not even who you know. It's your willingness to stay in the fight. It's the strength of character that refuses to quit. And I like her quote that says, Enthusiasm is common, but endurance is rare. In other words, it's easy to start, but it's so often way more rare to finish. And so that's why we're predeciding that we are finishers, because by nature, we tend to take the easy path. We, we tend to take the path of least resistance. If things get difficult, well, it's easy for us to quit. So our big decision today is that we are going to predecide this. We predecide that when I commit, I don't quit. Why? Because I'm a finisher. We're not quitters. When I commit, I don't quit. Why? Because I'm a finisher. So how do we as disciples of Jesus, how do we strengthen our perseverance when the devil wants us to quit? He's going to throw everything at us to try and get us to quit and throw in the towel. How do we strengthen our character and our refusal to quit? In order to do so, I want to look at the words of the Apostle Paul 
as he gave what we might call a very emotional farewell to his spiritual son in the faith, Timothy. And to give you the context of 2 Timothy, it appears that the Roman emperor Nero had sentenced Paul to be beheaded. So if you can get this in your mind, Paul is writing out this letter to someone that he loves dearly, and he's awaiting execution in this deep dungeon underground. It was more like a sewage drain, and in fact, some of the prisoners wouldn't even make it to their execution because of the, the conditions they were in. But this is where Paul is likely writing this very emotional letter, days before he's likely to be beheaded. And he writes to Timothy, his spiritual son, these words of encouragement. He says, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Listen, if you're going to finish, you're likely going to suffer. Being a Christian doesn't mean that you won't have hard times. In fact, it almost guarantees that you will have hard times. But Paul says, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. And then watch what Paul tells his spiritual son. He says, work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. In other words, finish what God has called you to start. Fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. And then Paul says very emotionally, as for me, my life has already been poured out like an offering to God. The time of my death is near. Now look at what Paul says. He says, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. I've been in the battle. I haven't given up. I've fought the good fight. I've remained faithful. And here's what's powerful. It's obvious that Paul had finished his race, but you have not finished yours. God has more for you to do. And if you find yourself discouraged, if you find yourself feeling like you need to give up, maybe God would say to you, if you're not dead, you ain't done. There's more for you to do. God has more plans. He's got more assignments. There's more to do. There's more people to love. There's more love to give. There's more ministries to start. There's more businesses to launch. There's more content to create. There's more hope to share and friendships to make and addictions to break. So look at the person sitting next to you and just tell them, God's got more for you. Because <laughs> God does have more for you. If you're not dead, you're not done. There's more for you to do. So what do you do? You fully finish the work that God had you start. And you might be like, that's great, Kev, but I'm tired. I'm so tired. And I'm not just tired, tired. I'm tired, tired. Like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. I'm tired. And I get it. That's most of my days too. I'm with you in the trenches. But if those of you who feel like there's too much to do, I like what David Allen said in his book called Getting Things Done. He said this, much of the stress that people feel doesn't come from having too much to do. It comes from not finishing what they've started. So I don't know who this is for right now, but maybe some of the stress that you're feeling, you're carrying, isn't so much about all the stuff that you have to do, but maybe you haven't done what God called you to do. And I'll never forget the, the message that was similar to this that a pastor preached years ago. And he said, if your relationship with Christ is stagnant, it's not moving anywhere. 
go back to the last thing God asked you to do and do it. And right away, I was sitting, and if you're from the stage, the top left corner in the balcony, I know where I was, my friend sitting next to me, and my heart started pounding because I knew it was youth ministry. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Man, go back to the last thing God asked you to do and do it. The thing is, when God fully grabbed a hold of my life and I had that come to Jesus moment, I knew what I had to do and I've never looked back. I've never regretted it. So what I want you to do for a moment is just be in a posture of prayer. Just be open. And you might even say in your own mind, just a simple prayer like, God, show me what you want to show me. Speak to me. And I'm going to ask you a question in a minute. And I want you to see if God gives you an answer to that question. So what I want you to do in just a moment is I want you to think about something that you started, but you haven't finished. But what God prompted, it's not like, oh man, I started this series on Netflix and I didn't finish the fourth season. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something that God prompted you to do. And I'm going to read you a scripture, then I'm going to ask you the question. This is what Jesus said to the church in Sardis in Revelation. He said this, Revelation 3, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Do you ever feel like that? Others kind of look at you like, oh man, you're a spiritual giant, and you're like, oh man, I'm not doing what God's called me to do though. Well, Jesus says, hey, wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Jesus said, you didn't finish what I called you to start. You have some unfinished deeds. So in a posture of prayer, I would ask you this question. And just have you listen to what God may say to you. What is your unfinished business? What's your unfinished assignment? What is it that as a follower of Jesus, you were prompted to do? You know you were supposed to do. You thought you were supposed to do it. You were going to do it. You hoped to do it. You were about to do it. Maybe you were prompted to give something. You were prompted to reach out to someone. Maybe a number of different things. Perhaps you were going to try and heal a broken relationship, but you never made the call. Maybe God prompted you to share your faith with someone. Maybe you were supposed to give something to someone, but you never gave away what you were supposed to give. Maybe you were supposed to finish a degree, and you feel like you were getting there, but then you just never did. Maybe you're going to start a kind of hobby. You're going to join a life group or when we talked about serving at church, you're going to volunteer to use your gifts, but you never followed through. Maybe it was a ministry you're supposed to start or a business you're supposed to launch or a physical goal or you were going to apologize to someone. What's the unfinished business that you have in your life that God's called you to start and you haven't followed through? So just think about it. Let it sink in. What is God saying to you? And I love the advice that the Apostle Paul gave to the Corinthians. They were going to give big, and they started, but they didn't follow through. And Paul said, here's my advice, and maybe it's God's advice to us today. He said, here's my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and you were the first to begin doing it. He said, you should finish what you started. What is your unfinished business? What is it that God prompted you to do that you haven't done yet? 
Now, you may raise the question like, well, what's the big deal if I quit? And honestly, there are some things that you will want to quit. And you don't want to do everything if you're not called to it. But there are some things that are like divine assignments. And why does it matter if you quit that? Well, the reason is because every decision that you make is a vote towards your future. Every time you decide in the moment, you're voting what kind of person you are and who you're going to be. So when you're deciding, okay, I'm going to quit this, you're, you're kind of saying, I don't have what it takes. I can't do it. But on the other hand, if you stand strong in the Lord and you persevere and you don't back down and you finish, you're voting, well, I'm a finisher. Like, I can do this through the strength of God in me. I can complete this. When I commit, I don't quit. Why? Because I'm a finisher. You're always voting. And here's the truth of it. If God calls me to something, you may see me struggle, but you won't see me quit. I shared last week, and I kind of felt awful afterwards, kind of saying, like, there have been times I want to throw in the towel. Because it's always weird to be like, hey, I'm up here every week, and I love what I do. But yeah, there's days that are hard. But the reason I haven't quit, the reason I haven't gone to that tempting teaching job, which all the teachers laugh about, <laughs> the reason I haven't gone there is because I know that God's called me here. And when I commit, I don't quit. Will I struggle? Absolutely. Will there be hard days? Of course. But when we, when we commit, don't quit. Scripture is so powerful, and one of Paul's most powerful verses in all that he wrote is Acts 20, verse 24, when Paul said this, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to do what? He said, my only goal in life is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. And what was the task? The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. My only goal in all of this is to finish the race. Now, there's a little phrase in that power-packed verse that so many people miss. So why could Paul finish the race? It wasn't because he was running for himself. It was because I consider my life worth nothing to me. It's not about me. It's not about my desires. It's not about my dreams. It's not about my retirement plan. It's not about my popularity. He said, I consider my life worth nothing to me. It's because he wasn't running the race for himself. So I want to speak to somebody right now. If you're quitting what God's called you to start, maybe it's because you care about something more than you care about running God's race. And so for you, he said, I consider my life worth nothing. And you'll probably want to put something in this blank. I consider my blank worth nothing to me. And I don't know what you'll put in there, but I hope you'll put something in there. Something that maybe takes takes priority over Jesus. I consider my personal comfort worth nothing if only I may please Jesus and finish the race. I consider my net worth worth nothing. I consider the opinions of other people. I consider so, my social media following, following. I consider my personal hopes and dreams worth nothing if only I may finish the race that God has called me to run. You see, when I commit to him, we don't quit because we're finishers. So how do you run your race? How do you finish? Well, you don't run it for you. You run it for God. And then here's what you do. You want to finish the race? Here's what you do. You take the next step. It's as simple as that. You take 
the next step. And the great news is, is you don't have to finish the race today. You just take the next step. And when you look at the life and ministry of Jesus, it's indescribably powerful and emotional to look at how it ended. But if you look at every step that he took from when he started to when he finished, he faithfully ran for God, taking step after step. Think about it on the cross. Right before Jesus looked up to heaven, and he cried out to his Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, and he breathed his last. Right before that, Jesus said this. He said, it is finished. I did everything you sent me to do, Dad. I finished the race. How did he do it? Well, he wasn't running for himself. He was running for his Father. Day by day, week after week, month after month, year after year, painful moment after painful moment, he just took the next step. And when they hated him, he just took the next step and loved them back. When they struck him on the cheek, he just took the next step, turned the other cheek. When he was carrying the cross up the hill and he fell to the ground, he just stood back up and took the next step. Hanging on the cross as they mocked him and shamed him, he just took another step and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And from the very moment he started, he predecided that I am always ready, I'm consistent, I'm devoted, I'm generous, I'm faithful. And when I commit, I don't quit because I'm a finisher. That's what Jesus chose out of his love for the Father, out of his love for each and every one of us. So what are you going to do? The trajectory is always toward what's easy, toward what's comfortable and convenient. And the devil wants you to quit when God calls you to start. But predecide when I commit, I don't quit. And I don't know how this is going to play in your life. Maybe for you, when you're about to give up, you're just going to decide, no, I'm going to say one more prayer. I'm going to make one more phone call. Or even when it's difficult, I'm, I'm going to give one more gift. And if they hurt me again and again, I'm going to forgive one more time. I'm not going away. I'm I'm sending one more email. I'm, I'm going to run another mile. I'm memorizing another verse. I'm taking another lesson. I'm asking for another meeting or I'm talking to my child again. I'm praying for my child again. I'm loving my child again. I'm showing back up and doing what's right even when everyone else says what's wrong. Dream the dream. Stay in the game. Because when you commit, you don't quit. You just take another step. They knock you down, you get back up. They tell you you can't, you just believe with God's help you can. I'm sure I've shared this before, but when Amanda and I felt called into church planting, everyone thought we were crazy. Our mortgage guy, our parents. In fact, we got an email from her parents because they were terrified. I didn't have a job. We were going to church plant, and we didn't have all those details worked out, and we were signing mortgage papers. And Amanda gets an email with capital letters, you do not have to buy the house. And she's like, I don't know what we should do. And I'm like, I don't know either. Like, (laughs) we bought the house. (laughs) When they tell you you can't, if God's called you to it, he's going to bring you through it. I know that's a cliche statement, but it's so true. Run for God and just take another step. Then what do you do when you have no more? You've forgiven with every bit of faith you have. You've loved when they've taken advantage of you. You've given what they didn't care for. You've prayed and you see no results. What do you do when when you've tried to run and you don't have the power in your own strength to take another step? Well, in the 1992 Barcelona Olympics, there was a British athlete, Derek Redmond. 
and he was the favorite to win the 400-meter race, and he got off to a great start, and midway through the race, he ruptured his hamstring, and he fell to the ground, and his Olympic dream was crushed. It was over. He didn't have what it takes to finish the race, and in one of the most emotional moments in sports history, his dad, who was in the crowd, got up out of the stands and came down and carried his son to the finish line. When the son could not go on, the father carried the son to the finish line. And what I want you to understand is this. You never run alone. You never run alone. We're in this together. That's the beauty and the importance of the church. But the father is with you every step of the way. And that's why you can be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day that Christ Jesus returns. Our God will carry it on. When you're weak, he'll be strong. You never run alone. When you think about it, it's an interesting question. Why is it that so many people quit? Why do so many people quit on their marriage? Why do so many people quit on their dream? Why do they quit on God? Well, the most simple reason is because quitting is an option. But what if it wasn't an option when God calls us to it? What if when we got married, we got married into a covenant, not a contract, and said something till death do us part? What if when God calls us with a vision, with a dream, we said, this is from God, and if God is for us, who can be against us? And instead of walking away and quitting on God, what if we ran to him, even in our doubts, our fears, our disappointments, and we cry out to him saying, I don't understand this. I don't even fully trust you at the moment, but I'm going to cling to you and I'm not going to let go. Because you may see me struggle, but you'll never see me quit. Because we're disciples of Jesus, because he's the ultimate finisher. He's the author and he's the perfecter of our faith. He started it, and he will finish it. When I commit, I don't quit. I'm a finisher. Because the author and the perfecter, the finisher of my faith, dwells within me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit does a deep work in our church today. And I ask God that individually we would be open to what you would say to us. What unfinished business do we have? Prompt us, show us, and God, by the power of your word, the truth of your spirit, empower us to be faithful, to run this race. And as you're reflecting today, I just wonder how many of you, something comes to mind, and you just want to say, God, I know this is from you, and I want to follow through on what you called me to do. If that's you, would you just lift your hand right now? I'm just curious. You know that God's asked you to start something. And you need to see it through. What I know is that all of us, if we'll be sensitive to what God says, we have promptings that God will call us to do. So watch for what your assignment is. Because all of us have unfinished business. So, Father, I pray that you would stir within us, that you would reveal to us any place that we have an unfinished assignment, something to give, an encouragement to offer, a blessing to share. 
something to start, something we need to go and redo, something we need to try and undo. God, speak to us. And I pray that every day we run for you and simply take the next step. We don't have to finish it today, God. Nor do we have to finish it at the end of the week. We simply have to take the next step. So God, I pray that just like Paul, we might have the the blessing toward the end of our life, toward the end of our days on earth, to look at you and say, I ran a good race. I'm finishing my race. I've been faithful to you, God. So help us to be faithful, to take the next step and to honor you in all that we do. Heavenly Father, we surrender ourselves to you. Forgive us of our sins. Save us. Be our friend, our Savior. Be the Lord of our lives. Help us to start following you, to doing your will, to showing your love. God, my life is not mine. I give it all to you. Thank you for your forgiveness, for your spirit, for your love. Thank you for new life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.